My next guest is an evening news anchor. Please welcome from Fox 26, Jonathan Martin. Jonathan, how's it going? I'm well. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Doing all right. Hey, thanks for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, man. You know, like I said, I'm always, I'm usually the other side asking the questions and uh, I'm the one doing the interviewing. So it's kind of cool to actually be on the other side today. Right. Yep. Yep. Just sit back and just answer. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. What do you do? All right. So I am a news anchor. I anchor the evening news here in Houston, Texas, and I anchor the five and the nine o'clock news. I've been doing news really well for probably almost 13, 14 years is what I went to college for, for broadcast journalism. So I'm more than an anchor, though. I always like to say I'm a journalist because I, I don't just sit behind a desk and read the news. I do chronicle events. I'm a writer. I, I'm a community man, all those things. But I guess my official title would be news anchor. Okay. So now you're saying you don't just read the news. You're not just broadcasting the news or uh, interviewing guests. What all are you doing being a news anchor? The best news anchors, the people that you see behind the desk are the people who've been a reporter first. And reporters are the ones you see out in the field actually gathering the stories. Um, you know, I've worked in several different markets from Augusta, Georgia, to Nashville, Tennessee, to New Orleans, and now here in Houston, which is the bigger market, the biggest market I've been in. And I'm at the point now where I am the person anchoring the news, sort of leading the newscast. But it's my job also to just be communicating with people in the community about what's going on, pitching story ideas, doing interviews. And every now and then you'll see me actually out in the field as well, covering big stories. I was out there with the George Floyd march and, and the funeral and things like that. So I'm a journalist that just happens to have done well enough, I guess, to be an anchor. Okay. And so, so now you're the anchor, you're the journalist, you're the public face of the newsroom, the audience, they identify with you. And you, you mentioned the reporters that you work with. What other positions are there or what else is in there in a newsroom? Yeah, so a lot of people just see the, the faces, the anchors, the reporters. Yeah. But it really takes a big team to pull off a newscast. I tell people all the time, when you see the 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock news, you're seeing the, the easy part, the result of the hard work that's happened all day. There are writers who you know, are actually writing scripts. There are producers who are actually laying down the format of the newscast. There are photographers and editors. Every piece of video that appears in the newscast, it has to be edited. It has to be shot. There are actually assignment desk people who are taking in phone calls and tips and filtering out what's nonsense versus what's something we actually need to cover. And then you have obviously managers and then other people in other parts of the, the industry, like your sales people and your promotions people to promote the product that you're putting out. So it's more than just the people you see on TV. It's a big team behind the scenes to pull off even just 30 minutes of time. Right. Okay. Seems such like such a fast paced, a competitive and exciting industry and job. How now, how did you get into the Houston market? How did that work? Okay, so so I've been in Houston almost four years, and typically with news, like a lot of jobs, you have to sort of work your way up, pay your dues, uh, get your experience. And so typically you start off in a smaller market. Like I said, I started off in Augusta, Georgia, which is two hours east of Atlanta, you know, home to the Masters Tournament in James Brown. So that's where I really got my experience right out of college. And so you work your way up from those small cities and until you get to the bigger cities like uh, Houston or Atlanta, Atlanta or Chicago. And so that's sort of how I ended up here work my way up and along the way you put together what's called a resume tape which is sort of like a reel of your a highlight reel of, of your work in that particular market mm. and you shop it around and you send it to managers and 
I was blessed to get a call back to interview and I guess the rest is history. Nice. Well, great. That's awesome. And now 13 years you've been in here. Have you seen changes? I know now there's so much of a social media presence. I don't know if you feel like you have to have a social media presence being an anchor these days, but what, what type yeah, of changes have you seen? So. I, yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of things, uh, several things that have changed. One, I think people are being asked to do more. It's no longer you can just be an anchor. People want you to be able to pick up a camera and shoot something with your phone and edit it on your phone and, and upload it. And there's so, so many things that you have to be able to do. It's no longer, everyone's expected to know the technology. Right. Not just the editors, not just the photographers. And then social media, it is a big way that viewers and people communicate with you. Um, and so you almost build a level of um, equity, if you will, uh, in the station uh, when you have that following, you have that presence. Because nowadays, we don't wait till five o'clock or six o'clock to break the story. It's so big, we're putting it on Twitter, we're putting it on Instagram or Facebook. So the bigger your following and the bigger your engagement, stations and managers and other people notice that as well. And does that get a little stressful at times? It does. Sometimes. I think at first for me, it was kind of hard because it's just another thing you have to do. I'm not a person that likes to just constantly pump out everything I'm doing. But it's even interesting because a lot of times managers want you to post more personal stuff. They want, to, they want you to be working out in the gym. They want you to be showing your kids. They want that kind of stuff because that's what some viewers really resonate with, not just the news story that you did. So I think it can be kind of a lot because like, okay, let me go ahead and take this picture, you know, working out. <laughs> Even though it's not really you, you, you know that that's what people actually relate to because right. they're showing us a real person, not as some stuffy news guy in the suit. Right. Now, I'm guessing that was a surprise to you when you got into the industry, or at least now. Are there any other, or were there any other surprises that you had? Um, not really big surprises because, like I said, I've been wanting to do this since I was a little boy. I don't know. Oh, I didn't really say it on here, but I started wanting to be a news anchor and in television and broadcasting since I was like seven years old. Wow. Um, and, and so, so, yeah, literally seven years old, I had my dad turn on our camcorder, put out the coffee table <laughs> and, and act like I was doing the news. Like literally I would just make up, I write scripts. I would, we, we would get a big box or something like yeah. a TV and I would cut the box out and be in the TV trying to act like I was in the TV. I just, I've always been fascinated with like the production um, and things like that. So I kind of always have followed the industry, but I will say it has changed. Like the social media has changed. You're no longer just waiting for stuff. It's now it's like tweeting information out in real time, tweeting out at a press conference. And so you have to be definitely able to juggle all that, but still meet your deadline. Okay. And now you said seven years old. So what back then influenced you? And have you had any influences since then in the industry? Yeah. Well, so I always just loved current events. I've always loved asking questions. My parents say I always loved talking, speaking publicly and, and just being that guy. So um, so for me, it wasn't about being known or being seen or being on TV. Some people grow up, I want to be famous. No, I didn't ever say I want to be seen or famous. I just always loved television and the current events and asking questions. I was very inquisitive as a child. And so it was just a career that I always thought, I want to do that. I want yeah. to present the news. I want to be able to know what's gone around me. And so that's, that's sort of been my MO through my, my career is just a person who's very inquisitive, ask questions. And also I love doing stuff in the community and that's something I've been able to do a lot as well through the platform of being on television. Right, right, that's great. Okay, and any influences though uh, throughout the years before you became an anchor? Absolutely, you know, and growing up, you know, there were not, now you see a lot of black people on television, <laughs> black men, but growing up, I grew up in Atlanta, which is a black city you might say, but there were not still, there still were not a lot of black men in primetime positions. There was a lady named Monica Pearson who, 
had been there forever and she just retired recently. And I looked at her, she was someone I, I really looked up to. But then Ed Bradley, who was at 60 Minutes, the late Ed Bradley, I was always just fascinated with him, you know, the in-depth reporting that he did at CBS and 60 Minutes. And so I looked at him, he had his own kind of swag, had the earring, kind of like his own demeanor. So he was someone also I looked up to. And then along the way, there have been some other people as my career, like, you know, I, I consider them big brothers, if you will, mm. people who are a couple years older than me, who sort of led me along the way or, or critique my work. So there have been some people, in fact, a, a young man named Ryan Young, who's at CNN now. He's a correspondent there. He's a couple years older than me. And he always was influencing me and, and critiquing me. And, and so, yeah, I have several. That's great. Okay. Now, can you talk about just a typical day for you, what it looks like? So there's different shifts. You have the morning team, the, the sort of midday, day side team, and then you have the, the night side team. And I, I typically work on the night side team because I'm doing the evening news, which is five o'clock and nine o'clock. We also have a 10 o'clock newscast as well. So it, it kind of depends on your shift, but I typically will say that you go in. Right now, of course, things are different with COVID-19, but at 1.30 every day, we have a meeting, an editorial meeting. We get on Zoom and we talk about stories that are going on in the community. They can be tips that we've gotten, emails that we've gotten, something that we've seen that we think would be a good story. Obviously, there's certain things that are going on, like, hey, President Trump is speaking today at two o'clock or Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are having their appearance. Those are obvious news stories we've got to cover. Then we really try to figure out what locally can we do since we're local news. So we, we go around, talk about the ideas, and then we usually settle on the big stories that we've got to cover and put a reporter and assign the reporters to and what stories we can cover in different ways. So we do that. And then after that, I typically, you know, maybe do some research, do some writing. And I prep for the five o'clock news, which I anchor. And then I also then do the nine o'clock news as well. I anchor that newscast as well. So it kind of varies depending on your position. But for me as an anchor, my job is really to look at scripts, rewrite scripts, but also be a voice when it comes to editorial decisions like, hey, we should cover this instead of that. So I really try to voice when it comes to what we cover and how we cover it. Okay. All right. Can you talk about some of these skills and characteristics that you think are important to be successful in your line of field? Oh, wow. I think one of the things is you have to be flexible. You know, you have to be spontaneous because no day is the same. You know, you don't go into the newsroom thinking, OK, I know I'm going to cover this today. You know, some days it's like, oh, there's something that happened. You thought you were covering that, but now you've got to pivot and go over here. So I think this being able to be very flexible and versatile, I think is very important for reporters because you have to be able to cover the Astros in the World Series, but you also have to be able to go cover a court case to be able to cover politics. And so I think just being flexible is one thing. I think also just being quick on your feet because a lot of times news is very, um, it goes back to being flexible as well, but news happens just like that. So a lot of times scripts are coming in at the last second or you're hearing something in here to give you information that you have to relay on television. So I think that's important. And also to just be someone who's well-sourced. I always talk about that. It's important to know your community and have sources and people that can talk to you because ultimately you want to be able to get information. And so it's so, so important to, to have outlets and people who will actually give you that information. Okay. All right. Now, you touched on this a little bit. You having the broadcast journalism major, you started in that smaller market and worked your way up. You're a reporter. But can you talk about the steps that it usually takes to get to be an anchor and the steps that maybe you took that to get you to be an, an anchor? Yeah, you know, typically, you know, everybody's path is different. And I always try to say that because some people say you've got to work two years here and two years there before you get. But now it's, it's different. And I always um, really emphasize that this is a talent based industry. It's not based on how many internships you've done or if you were at the top of your class leaving college. It's about 
how good you are and what they're looking for and, and what a station needs in terms of diversity or, or in terms of what they think you bring to the table. So it's kind of like any sport. The best player is going to be picked to be on the team, and that's kind of how it is with our industry. So you work your way up. You learn your skills. I know people who come to a market like Houston for two years. I know people who it's taken them 10 years to get to a market like Houston. So it really just depends on your talent. But along the way, the, the goal is to grow. The, the goal is to, to learn more, to get better, to be more comfortable on camera, to be just to be a better reporter. I, I think that's like with any field. You just want to get that experience. And so for me, it was taking those steps of getting better, not just with reporting, but with anchoring and just being overall more polished to be ready for a city like Houston. Nice. Okay. Now, what do you love about what you do? Well, you know, I love the fact that going back to what I said earlier, no day is the same. I think a lot of people, they go to their jobs and they get up in the morning and they're like, I already know what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing the same thing. And, And it's like, there's no there's no guessing like it's just like I know this I'm gonna be sitting at my desk working on this file but I feel like with my job every day is different every day something is just coming up that I'm not aware of and so I love that because it keeps me it keeps me motivated to go in I also love just the fact that I get like I said to be active in the community because that is so huge for me like I tell anchors that a lot as well you don't want to just be anchored to a news desk but be anchored to your community like you want to be that face it's not just on television that people see out that they can trust that you're giving back. So that's the big thing for me. That's what I'm known for in Houston is the initiatives that I've started, the things that I've done just as much as I've been on TV, people know things I've done off air. And I think that's, that's what I love about the, the job as well. Okay. Now on the flip side, you talked a little bit about how it could be intrusive at times based on having to put things on social media. And of course there's the tight deadlines that you have, but can you talk about some of the challenges that are out there for you? Um, yeah, I think one is like you're always on. You know, even when you're off, you're on. <laughs> and, and I think that's important. Sometimes I'm just like at the gym, I'm uh, out somewhere, and I'm thinking I'm just kind of having a drink or I'm doing whatever at a restaurant. And then someone's like, hey, you're the news guy. And, and you know, people are – so I think there's a, a certain level of scrutiny. Granted, I'm not a James Harden or anybody like where I'm like getting recognized like that. But I do often get recognized. So I think you have to really realize that with that privilege of being on television and being the guy, the face of a station, there comes a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I think that can be a challenging a challenge because sometimes you just want to be regular with your friends and do whatever. And, but you have to realize that too much is given, much is required of you. So that's one thing. And challenges, I don't know. I guess that would be my main challenge. I've, I think I've just gotten so comfortable in this job. I prepared for it. I've been doing this for so long. So I don't, I wouldn't say that, oh my goodness, like every day there's this big challenge. It's just really having to be up on everything and be ready to go at a moment's notice. And right. some people aren't good at that. They need like preparation and to be, I need to like get my mind right, but you don't have time to get your mind right. In this industry, you have to be ready and just right. be ready to go at a moment's notice. Yeah, I love it. All right, do you have a most memorable moment? Most memorable moment. Um, you know, I've covered a lot of stories. I've been blessed to travel a lot of places. I think actually most recently, the coverage of the George Floyd rule and the coverage of just the protests here in Houston where some 50 to 60,000 people came out, that was memorable. I think not just because of its significance for the city of Houston, it's something the city had never seen, um, that many people kind of coming out for a protest. But also I think for me, it was personal. Obviously being a black man, there were things that I had to really stop and say, wow, like this, this is a story. You're here as a reporter, as an anchor, but this is also a story about you. 
mm-hmm. and some things you've been through. And, and, and so I think going to the funeral, being inside the funeral for George Floyd, who was raised here in Houston, it was just very personal and memorable because you cover a lot of stories. You cover shootings and cover fires and cover court cases, but they're not all the time personal for you. You, you don't see yourself in the story. So I think for that, that, that's why it would be most memorable. Yeah, that makes sense. And now talking about the community, it seems like you do a lot for the community and in the community. Can you talk a little bit about the initiatives that you've started? Well, I've really been blessed to get the support of the mayor and some other people in the city. A couple of things I've done, I've started a program called Sweat TX. And Sweat TX is a fitness program that is in partnership with the Houston Parks Department aimed at getting our city active and moving. Our obesity rates are out of control here. One in three kids here is considered obese and the obesity rates for adults are just about the same. And so I really started the program promoting fitness in schools. I've done various events. I post a lot about it. I've done some stuff at the Parks Department, their Get Up, Get Out and Get, get Active campaign. So that's, I have that. I also have Brunch Body and Soul, which is a sort of a fitness-related brunch event where I have fit trainers and I have a healthy eating and chefs. But the thing I think I'm most proud of is the initiative I started last year called Beyond the Game. And that is an initiative started to give back to Black men, men of color in our cities, particularly middle school and high school, really to show them that there is a lot more than the game. Basketball, football, exposing them to men in our community who are doing some amazing things outside of sports and saying, hey, you play sports, that's great, but look at these other options too. And, and here are some successful Black men who you can look up to. So that's the big thing. And we've gone around to a lot of high schools and I'm getting requests all the time, even in COVID, to come do more of the panels. So those are three of the main things I've been really proud to be able to bring to Houston. That's great. I love what you do for the city and for the community. So we're at the end of the interview. I want to ask you some quick hitter questions for fun, just to get to know you a little bit better. But before we... Yeah, before we do that, though, just want to find out if there's anything additional that you want to add or anything you think I might have left off asking you? Um, no, I, I think I think that was good. I think, yeah, you had a lot of good questions. All right, great. All right, so first question. What's your favorite sports team? Oh, got to say the Rockets. I probably will get crucified if I say that. At least another NBA team. Right, right. Good answer. Favorite movie or show? Favorite movie or show? Um, oh my goodness! Um, I movie or show? Man, I don't know. Uh, what what do I watch? You know, it's funny because I don't watch a lot of television. I just like I like anything that's like a, a law show. So I like Law and Order. I, okay. I used to watch Law and Order. Just anything that has a legal perspective to it. Yeah. Um, I'm all about that. Yeah, yeah, love those two. Favorite musical artist or group? Okay, so I grew up in Atlanta. Um, so Outkast is my all time favorite. Like um, I grew up just me they are my childhood they are part of my adulthood so um i would say overall outcast yeah yep favorite vacation spot man i've been a lot of places but my favorite place would probably be south africa i I got to go to south africa a couple times cape town south africa just beautiful there's beautiful beaches and just amazing food amazing people so i want to go back there nice all right and last favorite food or drink Oh, man, you know, I'm on this little healthy kick, but I love, <laughs> I love donuts, man. I'm just donuts and pancakes. That's like my, if you're talking about something I just hey, love and want to cheat, pancakes, donuts always will, will do it for me. And then I love in terms of drink, like an alcoholic beverage, I'm always down for a Moscow Mule. Yep. Those are nice. Well, hey, Jonathan, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Keep doing what you do. Yeah, and, man. Uh, 
appreciate you coming out to the podcast. Thanks for all. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate what you're doing right now as well. So uh, I look forward to, to coming back one day. Appreciate all it. All right. And is there any way that people can get a hold of you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me on Instagram uh, or Twitter at J Martin TV. J M A R T I N TV. And then you can just look me up on Facebook, uh, Jonathan Martin. But I'm on there as well. Great. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.